0: heard the bells on Christmas day, their old familiar carols play. Mild and sweet their songs repeat, of peace on turn to our neighbor and wish him a very Merry Christmas.
1: You uh, can go ahead and have a seat. I want to welcome you to Hopevale as we gather for worship this day, and it is clear that you brought your singing voices today, which is awesome. Uh, First of all, I just want to uh, compliment Adam on his shirt and pant choice today. I just thought he (laughs) did a tremendous job there. Uh, We call each other, you know, what are you wearing? It's all cool, yeah. Hey, Christmas is coming up, and as we've told you before, we're doing things a little differently this year, that our Christmas worship services are going to be spread over two days, Friday, December 23rd, and Saturday, December 24th. And as you can see on the screen behind me, the services on Friday will be at 5 and 7 p.m. Services on Saturday will be at 1, 3, and 5 p.m. And so we will... uh, all the services are the same. They go for around an hour. We open the doors about a half hour uh, before each service. And just really want to encourage you to use this time to, you know, bring family, invite friends, coworkers, things like that. Uh, they're packed, and it is awesome to fill this place and just to give worship to the Lord. We'll also have programming for children birth through pre-kindergarten. Uh, Ta-Town as well, and so you can find out more information on our website about the services, but those are coming up. We uh, showed you as well these uh, invite cards. Uh, They're out in the lobby if you want them with information of service times there as well, and because of the way the dates fall this year as well, we're not going to have services on Sunday the 25th because of the five that we'll have the previous two days. want you to be aware of that as well. I also want to tell you too about a Christmas outreach offering. Those of you who call Hopeville your church home and you've been here for a while know that this is one of the most meaningful things we do all year. Back in 2010, when we moved to this new facility, we really uh, sought the Lord and said, you know, we want Christmas to be more than just about us. And so we encouraged our church family to spend a little less on themselves at Christmas and to pray about what they could give away above and beyond the regular offering to be a blessing to others and it was really a leap of faith for us we had no idea what would happen and six years later you have given six hundred and sixty five thousand dollars that's two-thirds of a million dollars where not a single cent has stayed with us but hundred percent of that has gone out to be a blessing to others in the name of jesus both locally and globally and what's really cool about this is in most cases they go through ministry projects where you have been the hands and feet of Jesus to others and just carrying out and these funds being a blessing to others. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, Pastor Adam will be up here. He'll tell you uh, some just great stories that have happened this past year through our Christmas outreach offering. I think of back in February as part of our Love Your Neighbors series and we did the reverse offering project where we stuck $20 in your hands and said, go be a blessing to others. And it was just, it was great just to see you guys unleashed, to see you just generous with others to be a blessing. And the stories that came back from that were were incredible. That was as a result of the Christmas outreach offering and so many other stories that God uses in the lives of people through your generosity. And so as we prepare for this year's uh, Christmas outreach offering, a couple things I want to say. First of all, pray, all right? I just think it's great that coming off the Holy Spirit, we talked about the Spirit's guidance in our life to just come before the Lord open-handed and say, okay, Holy Spirit, guide me. What would you have me, what would you have us as a family uh, give this year as just not only an act of generosity, but as an act of worship, and pray about that. And then over the next couple weeks, prepare for the offering. A couple of ways that you can give, we have these offering envelopes out in the lobby at the Welcome Center. You can pick one up and just, you know, look at that as a reminder. Uh, we also have an online option if you want to be able to give that way. We'll take up the actual offering over those five Christmas services on the 23rd and the 24th, but if you're not going to be around for that, you can give on a Sunday ahead of time as well or again online. It is has just um, been tremendous to see how we as a church have embraced this. And I'm looking forward to what's gonna happen this year and the stories that God is gonna continue to write. We really, I, I feel like we really have seen the words of Jesus play out in our church where he says it is more blessed to give than receive. And this has been a direct reflection of that. And another way that we get to worship our Lord this Christmas. So that's coming up. Looking forward to us sharing that as a congregation. Looking forward to Pastor Adam sharing some stories over the next couple weeks as well. At this time, as we continue on in our worship, I'm going to ask that our ushers come forward as we uh, give our offering this week to the Lord as an act of worship as well. So would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. We thank you that we get to proclaim With the angels, with the heavenly beings, with all who worship you in the seen and the unseen world. Glory in the highest to our God. There is no one like you, Lord. There never has been, there never will be. For you alone are worthy of our praise and our worship. And so we come and we adore you. Thank you for this Christmas season where our hearts are filled with anticipation and excitement over celebrating the birth of jesus the greatest gift ever given and that this jesus is our deliverer our savior our lord and we worship him with all our heart soul mind and strength and lord thank you that this is a message that we not only celebrate but it's a message we share and whether it's the words we say or it's the acts we do or the lives we live. Lord, let us be a people who are shaped by the Christmas miracle, shaped by the love of Jesus and the things we say and the things we do. And this act of worship through giving, Lord, is just part of it. We realize that all that we have, whether it's a lot or a little, comes from your good and gracious hands. And so we just give a portion of that back to you, asking, God, that you would continue to bring your kingdom here to this earth. And so, Lord, we love you. Continue to fill our hearts with joy in this place with worship, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: One day walk on water, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child. saving our lives on that Christmas morn, that we can stand here and know the truth that for He alone is worthy, the hope of the world. Thank you. Amen.
2: I was uh, standing backstage just listening to you guys singing, and what an amazing amazing moment where we can sing to Jesus. Um, it's just, it was cool. I just i got like goosebumps sitting in the back. Oh, it's so good. I'm Sam. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and um, if you've been around Hopeville for a little while, you'll notice that there's something a little bit different about me. I got braces this last Tuesday, and it's kind of a weird experience. I know I work with teenagers, but I never thought I'd become one again. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and uh, it leads perfectly into what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. I love surprises, don't you? Don't you? Well, but let, me, let me say that a different way. Maybe it'll connect a little bit better. Um, let me rephrase that. I love surprises that are positive. Uh, yeah, you're like, thank you for saying that. Uh, I love surprises that tend to benefit me, that tend to make me and my family happy. I think that's more of the truth. Um, I love surprises that add to my bank account, not take away from my bank account, Um, And I think a lot of us would probably agree with that statement in here this morning. Uh, You know, and to be completely transparent here today, um, I hate all other surprises with a deep passion. I just do. Um, Especially the ones that end up costing me something. Especially around Christmas time. Partially because um, I like the illusion of having things semi under my control. Um, But mostly because I just, I hate the feeling of not being prepared or ready for something that happens and then having to pick up the pieces later on especially during Christmas time I mean that's it's like one of the worst feelings ever it's like something happens you're like oh no no I have to deal with this and then there's Christmas coming um, so I just I, I don't like that feeling because the Christmas season is supposed to be full of love and joy and peace and surprises that make us feel happy at least that's what the movies tell us and TV tells us it's supposed to be but here's reality and if you've lived on this planet for even like one week you know this to be true it's that not all surprises leave us feeling that way in fact sometimes surprises can be bad or worse really inconvenient at least that's how we feel right and they leave us feeling anything but happy my wife and i had a uh, fun little christmas surprise back in 2008 we were living in this little town called kokomo in indiana and we had just purchased our very first home it was a good little home it was four bedrooms two and a half baths it was perfect for our little growing family back then it was just me my wife sarah our just turned two-year-old son nick um, Sarah was pregnant with our son, Jonathan, who would arrive later on, March 2009. Karis, our daughter, was not even a thought at that moment. Um, she wouldn't arrive till 2012 when we lived up here in Michigan. Uh, but it was just our little family. And so that Christmas, we decided that we were going to head to Sarah's parents' house to spend Christmas with them. Um, they live in the state just the south of us that shall not be named. And, uh, you know, the state that tends to pay off their football referees during uh, football games. <laughs> I'm going to get in so much trouble with Sarah's parents for that one. Um, so we packed up our things. We made sure all of our newly purchased doors were locked. Um, we, we phoned a friend to ask them to watch our house while we were gone. Um, we put the key in the ignition. We had it all ready to go. We turned it, and we started heading towards Sarah's parents' house. And I remember that day very vividly. And I remember it because of two things. Number one, I remember it because we were um, leaving the biggest purchase I had ever made in my entire life empty for one whole week. And we were just going through that anxiety of trusting that everything was going to be okay. And then secondly, the second the reason I remember that day so vividly is because it was like negative seven degrees outside. And we were trying to pack up this car and I was freezing. It was bitterly cold that day. So I just, I remember the day for those, you know, two reasons. So we, we get to Sarah's parents' house. And after we were there for a couple of days, we, we got a call from Sarah's best friend, Gretchen. Now that would not normally be like a weird thing because Sarah like spends every day on the phone with Gretchen. Um, but this one was a little different because um, Sarah got on the phone and um, I knew something was a little off. And Gretchen and Jason were actually, her husband Jason, were the ones watching our house. So I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then Sarah had this look of panic and concern come over her face. And what Gretchen ended up telling us was that when um, they got to our house to put our our garbage cans back in our garage, she heard water running. And so she went into the house to kind of check that out. And no, it was not the wet bandits from Home Alone. Okay. Okay. she thought that maybe we had like left the faucet on accidentally or something. I don't know. But then they checked our laundry room. Now our laundry room in that house was uh, it was in a hallway between our kitchen and our living room. And it, ha- it had like a spare half bath in the back. Um, here's a picture of it. Where's the picture going to be at? Back here maybe? Up there? I don't know. Uh, that's kind of a—this isn't really a good picture of it. If you can imagine like to the right is the kitchen, to the left is— the living room, and that's in a hallway. And then if you keep going back, there's like a half bath back there that also housed our water heater and our furnace all in that little area right there. Um, so that was where our laundry room was at. And uh, that half bath at the back, that was like on an exterior wall, which is a very important part to this story. So uh, Gretchen and Jason, they walked into our, our laundry room. Oh, here's, here's the reason why I vividly remember that day being negative 7 degrees, because the windshield was actually negative 25 so it was really cold. It wasn't just cold. Like the wind was coming in. I, m- I remember having a coat and still feeling like I was freezing. Um, and that is the, you know, here's what happened. Gretchen and Jason, they walked into our laundry room. They noticed there w- it was flooded everywhere. All over the floor, everywhere. Um, they described to us what they said looked like a waterfall rushing down the back wall. And our drop ceiling that was in there was just in pieces on the floor, um, and what had happened was one of our pipes had frozen and cracked and just exploded and water was just kind of going everywhere. So um, I was like, Jason, you got to turn the water off. And so he did. And then he was like, what about like the water heater? And I was like, I don't know. I'm a new homeowner. He goes, I think you're supposed to turn the gas off to the water heater because I think it was a hot water pipe that broke. And apparently if you have gas going to an empty water heater, that's a bad thing. So he turned off the, the gas to the, the water heater. And I'm, I'm in this like state of panic because I'm down away for 6 hours away from my home and I'm going what should I do and Sarah is like maybe you need to go back and take care of this and so I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do and I'm like I, I know what I'm doing. I'm just going to call my insurance agent because um maybe he he was a good friend of ours and so I was like maybe he'll like be able to help me know what to do. So I called him and he was like, "Well, let me go over and take a look and see what's going on." Um And so he was also, this is kind of a cool thing about having an insurance agent that's a good friend. Um, You get to know him really personally. He was also like, um, he owned many rental properties. So this had not been something that was uncommon to him. And so he's like, I'm going to go over and take care of it. So he actually grabbed a couple of industrial-sized fans and put them in our house. Got it all dried out. He called a plumber for us, got it over there, got it all taken care of. And so I didn't actually have to go back home. And I just remember thinking, this is amazing that he's able to do all this for us. This is awesome. Um, The whole ordeal ended up only costing us less than like 150 bucks, which was really good. Um, And it made us realize how good of friends that we had. But I'm telling you, it's not the kind of surprise that you want to have looking forward to Christmas with. I mean, it's just like, hey, you know, Christmas, all this love, you know, and then 150 bucks just right out the door like that. And I remember, I remember thinking, this is like the epitome of like, hey, Merry Christmas, so great. No, these, these are not the kind of surprises that we tend to want to look forward to at Christmas. Those are, those are the hope-dashing kind of surprises, not the hope-filled ones. And I, I think this, it's safe to say that we all love being surprised at Christmas by miraculous stories, by awesome gifts that we weren't expecting But sometimes the surprises that this season brings or has brought us in the past, they pack a nasty punch. And they can leave us feeling discouraged or overwhelmed or angry, confused, frustrated, fearful. Maybe for some of you in here this morning, it's a financial situation that you find yourself neck deep in or that you've dealt with in the past that this season just kind of represents that right now. Or or maybe for some of you, it's a relationship that's turned sour with a friend or maybe even a marriage that isn't turning out how you thought it was going to or hoped or maybe for some of you it's a family issue that just can't be resolved and you tried the best that you can and it's just not working or maybe it's a, a diagnosis that you or a loved one um, have just received or received in the past and this season represents it just kind of came out of nowhere and you're like where did this where did this come from? This isn't what I expected for Christmas. Or or maybe it's the passing of a loved one that happened recently, or maybe it happened in your past, but this season has come to represent that, that the surprise of this season was not something that you anticipated, expected, were looking forward to. And, and here's what, what happens when we go through these kind of surprises. I'm going to go over here. When we go through these, they tend to... Um, do this. The hope that that we had that was shining bright, that we were like, this is so great. They tend to nick us here and there. And little by little, our hope becomes dim. And not as bright as it once was for every time we go through one of those surprises and our outlook both on life and on Christmas tends to be a little less bright a little more bleak and so here's the big question that we face with this how does the birth of Jesus the celebration of hope is here the ultimate surprise in history how can it speak to those feelings and those emotions in our lives that have left our hope dim? How does it do that? Well, to answer that question, we we need to go back to the beginning of the Christmas story. We need to hear how the first people who were notified of the, the, the Christmas surprise, how they initially reacted and initially responded, because there's just something comforting in hearing the words, me too, right? When you're going through something and someone comes up to you and says, you know what, me too there's just something comforting about that and so I want us to look at the initial reaction of these people but then I also want to look at how the miracle of hope is here changed their lives so we need to look at the story of Mary and Joseph this morning they were the first ones that were surprised by hope so Luke chapter 1 is is where we're gonna look at first and this is the story of Mary okay so Mary is a teenage girl and she is engaged to this guy Joseph, and she's about to have the biggest surprise of her life dropped in her lap. Look at lap. Look at this, chapter one, verse twenty-six of Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is a relative of Mary. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. That virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. Look at that. So here's Mary. She's, you know, she's had all this anticipation, excitement over what her life's going to be. And then this angel pops up and a messenger from God. And anytime in the Bible that a, an angel or messenger of God pops up, people don't react like, oh, yay, this is so great. They're like terrified, overwhelmed. Like, what is happening? She is troubled, It says, she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. And I want to say, like, if I'm Mary, I'm like, that's easy for you to say, angel. (laughs) I'm the human here. Um, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. And will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And and Mary responds with, that's great. That's amazing. This is awesome. The best news ever. No, no, this is how she responds. Ready? Look what she says. She says, how will this be? She's confused. She's like, well, two things, angel. Number one, I I know how this works. (laughs) Um, How? How, this doesn't make any sense to me. She says, How will this be since I'm still a virgin? And I think the secondary question that's going on in in Mary's mind may be, why? Why me? Why now? Because think about it here's this girl she's she's engaged to be married to Joseph. Her life has an outlook on it. she's thinking, oh, This is the the I've I've worked for 15 years with engaged couples and walk them through their engagement, getting them ready to be married. I know the excitement, I know the anticipation of this is going to be our life, and we're going to have this little tiny. I mean, you know, eventually we're going to have a family and we're going to have a house, white picket fence. This is going to be beautiful and perfect. Like the just the the overwhelming like hope of what's to come. And I'm guessing Mary and Joseph are the same. They're looking at their life, going, This is going to be awesome. We're going to be married shortly. But this surprising news from this messenger of God completely interrupts her plan. It complete, comes right in the middle of it says, Mary, guess what? You're going to have a baby. And I'm guessing Mary is going, oh, really? Because I know how it works. And How, how is that going to work? And then this is going to completely interrupt my plans for my life. I mean, he, she's looking forward to being to being married with Joseph, having a family after a while. But this news has now interrupted her hope of what her life could have looked like or been like. So she says, how will this be? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And he says, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Look at Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Notice the, the shift in Mary's response. She, she goes from confused to almost confident here. The surprise of hope is taking her in that direction. She goes from overwhelmed to overjoyed. The hope for the entire world is now going to come from her little family. Surprise, Mary. And I'm guessing in that moment, she's having all these emotions going on, but she's beginning to realize the depth of what this means for her. And maybe her plans are going to have to change, but for the better. Well, then Mary goes, and she talks to her fiancé, Joseph. And I can just imagine that conversation, (laughs) right? In fact, we we get kind of a glimpse into it. If you turn over to Matthew chapter 1, just a couple of chapters over, we kind of hear this story from his vantage point. We get to see what happens there. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 18. So Mary tells Joseph what's going on. It says this, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph and Mary, they're engaged. Mary comes to him and says, Joseph, great news, I'm pregnant. Can you imagine the tension in that moment? Joseph wasn't like, this is the best news ever. This is so great. I'm sure Joseph is probably going, wait, can you say that again? And a little slower so I can catch you like, what? You're what? I mean, just thinking about that. They have this big hope for their future. And then this bomb gets dropped in Joseph's lap from Mary. I'm pregnant. I'm sure that information probably ruined that day for Joseph. And he would have had every right in that moment to just have called it off. I mean, Joseph is realizing in this moment either one or two things are true now about my fiance. Either she's a complete lunatic because of what she's saying, or she is a liar and she's a cheat. And he's having all of these emotions go through his mind. And he would have had every right to call it off but in that culture this was it wasn't just like a oh, we're going to call off the wedding because there was this was a huge deal in that culture this was public shame public disgrace for mary and and joseph was an upstanding guy and so he was like well i don't want to put her through all of that and so he just planned to kind of walk away quietly from all of this like maybe if i just move away maybe people will kind of go what happened there I don't, i'm not sure but this was not a surprise that Joseph, in this moment, wanted to celebrate it all. It brought anger. It brought frustration. It brought confusion for him. His hopes of a future with Mary now seemed dashed to pieces. And this surprise began to dim his hope of what his life was going to look like, of what he planned out it would look like. But look what happens. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph's attitude begins to shift because of this information, because of this messenger of God that visits him in this dream. He begins to understand a bigger picture here. He's he's starting to see that this child, this baby, was not only for him and for Mary, but it was going to be given for the whole world. The messenger said he will save his people from their sins. Something bigger is going on here, Joseph. So look what happens. Verse twenty-two. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet: the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means. God with us. So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So here's my question as I look at both of these these guys' story and just the ups and downs emotionally of what's going on here, my question is this What was it that caused Joseph and Mary to have a change in their attitude what was it what made them go from confused to confident what what made them go from overwhelmed to overjoyed what made them go from angry to just being amazed what made them go from worrying about what could happen to worshiping God well what happened was their perspective of hope shifted It changed. Their hope was no longer in what they had planned, but their hope now was in what God had promised. And see, that's what happens in our lives, right? We have what we plan, what we think our life should look like. And then these things happen in our lives that surprise us, come out of nowhere, that tend to dim our hope. And we have to make a shift in our perspective. From Now it's not about my plans, but it's about what God has promised. So the bottom line for this whole thing is that we recognize hope is here when we shift our perspective from our plans to God's promises. Let me say that again. We recognize that hope is here when we shift our perspective from our plans and what we think our life should look like to God's promises and what He wants for us and what He wants Our future. See, the more Mary and Joseph understood the depth of the promise of God and who this little baby was, it completely changed their outlook on this situation. This is from God. That this is a promise that God is making us. Sure, this is not what we would have planned. This is not what we thought our lives were going to look like. I mean, I'm I'm guessing that Joseph, before all this, never had in his mind, you know what, I'm going to be the dad of God. That probably never entered his mind. But now he's thinking, wow, this is a huge responsibility. But this is a, a completely amazing thing that God would use our little family in this way. And here's what's beautiful about all of this. It's that the hope of Christmas found in Jesus can change our outlook as well. It can change our perspective as well. So let me ask you, where do you need a change of perspective in your life? What surprises have come along that have begun to dim your hope? And what area of your life do you need to allow Jesus to just come in to flood into and to rescue in your life? Where do you need to shift your perspective and change your perspective. Maybe from what I had planned my life was going to look like to God's promises in your life. And how do you do that? (laughs) That's a great question, right? How do you do that? Well, I want to give you three suggestions here this morning. And uh, these suggestions are not like, you know, they do these three things and this will happen. These are more like um, suggestions that will allow you to get to the place where god could do this in your life okay so the first one is this the first suggestion is this you need to learn to interrogate your hope i know that word interrogate is such a loaded word and it's kind of a crazy deep word but i I think it's appropriate when you think about what i'm about to say you need to look at your hope and go okay where is this coming from where's my hope coming from What's my hope based on? Where is it found? Is my hope based on what I had planned for my life? What I had thought my life should look like? Is that where my hope comes from? Because I'm telling you, if that is the basis of your hope, then when the surprises come in life, it's going to start doing this to it, and you're going to start losing your hope. Because that's the foundation of your hope. So where is the foundation of your hope? Is it in your plans? Or is your hope found in Jesus and who he is and in the promises of God? You need to interrogate your hope. Ask it, where where is it coming from? Where, Where is this whole thing found in and where is it going? Interrogate your hope. Second suggestion is this. We need to allow Jesus to change our perspective. After we try to figure out, you know, where's my hope coming from? We need to have this moment where we say, okay, Jesus, I want to allow you the freedom to change my perspective on my hope. Kind of like what happened with Joseph and Mary. Look at things from a different vantage point. I think a lot of the time we only look at things from our own point of view and how things ultimately affect us and our plans for our future but but here's the deal Jesus wants to help us understand how our lives fit into the greater picture the greater story that he is writing about our lives and about our world and sometimes and this may sound difficult but sometimes these inconveniences and interruptions are just what God wants to use in our lives to further what he wants and what he has promised I mean isn't that the story of Joseph Joseph has an outlook on his life. He thinks, this is what it's supposed to be. We're, Mary and I are engaged. We're going to get married. We're going to have a little family. Everything's going to be perfect. And then, th- then Mary drops this news in his lap, and the angel comes and says, listen, this is all from God. And I'm guessing Joseph has this wrestling moment where he's going, God, God, I have my plans. This is what my life was supposed to look like. God, you're ruining my plans. You're ruining my plans. But I wonder how many of us know that sometimes God has to ruin our plans to accomplish his purpose. Because our plans are very short-sighted. And God's saying, "No, no, no, here's the deal. I have a bigger picture, a better picture for what your life is supposed to look like. Trust me. But sometimes it's hard to trust God because our plans seem permanent in our lives. And where we need to be able to get to is the place where we, we hold loosely our plans. And we go, okay, Jesus, I'm going to allow you to step into this. And if you want to wreck my plans, I'm okay with that because I'm not hoping in my plans, I'm hoping in your promises. And I'm hoping what you have for my life, not what I have. One of my, one of my favorite pastors to read said this a while ago. He said, God never wastes pain. I find that to be very true in life. The, the, the things that we go through, God wants to use. God wants to use those things to bring about his purposes in our life. And I think sometimes, though, we, we look at the things we go through in life with this closed-handed approach where it's, it's not what I planned, therefore I'm angry and mad at God. And I think it's okay to be angry. I think it's okay to be mad and confused, but I think we need to approach it with more of an open-handed response. That God, if you want to use this in my life to further your purpose, to further your promises, then I know it hurts, I know it's hard, but I'm okay with that because I know what you have for me is better than what I've planned for me. So we need to allow Jesus to change our perspective. And then the third thing I would just suggest is this. It's enable your hope in Jesus to surprise you this Christmas. Enable your hope in Jesus to surprise you this Christmas. I, I love that word enable because it, it isn't a passive word. It's not let. <laughs> okay, Let is just such a passive word. Enable, it's an action word. It, it's a choice. It takes a choice. And if our hope in Jesus is going to surprise us, This Christmas it's not just going to happen to us okay we need to enable it we need to say you know what I choose this this is what I want for my life God I want your promises I want what you have for me not just what I think is important for me we need to make the choice that that what we have in Jesus and who he is is enough to change things to change our perspective, to rescue some of it. So I'm going to ask a bunch of questions here, and I'm not going to give any answers for them because I can't answer them for your specific situations that are going on. But I just want you in this moment to reflect on these questions. The first question is this. How can the hope of Jesus step into your messy friendship, relationship, marriage, whatever it is? How can the hope of Jesus step into that? and begin to brighten your hope again. How can the the hope of Jesus this Christmas season step into your family situation that you have going on that you you just like on my own I can't resolve this but God I got to give this to you. How can how can the hope of Jesus and the message of hope is here step into that situation? How can how can the the message of the hope of Jesus Step into that financial situation that you can't wrap your mind around and you're like, I don't know. And maybe for some of you, the whole thing is that maybe you just need to finally just say, you know what? I need to give my financial life over to God. I need to go his way. How can uh, the hope of Jesus step into a painful situation of loss That you're going through because when we allow Jesus the freedom to change our perspective from our plans to his promises then our hope doesn't look so dim anymore because we start to see what hope really is And we start to become comforted by the fact that he's here. And that word Emmanuel, that he's with us. What if we allowed Jesus to rescue our dimly lit hope this Christmas season? A hope that seems dashed by the unexpected. And what if we let the light of the world light us up with a new and fresh hope? A hope that isn't based on our plan, but it's based on his promises. Guys, hope is here, and it's full of surprises. And so my prayer as a church is that we would let the hope of Jesus surprise us this Christmas season. Let's pray. Got it. thank you for the story of Mary and Joseph. A story that um, we read a lot of times during this Christmas season, and we kind of gloss over <laughs> But when we get into the the details of it, God, just the raw emotions that they go through. But God, ultimately, they get to this place where they say, you know what, it's not what I planned, but what you promised. And God, I pray that we would be able to get there as well. When things happen in life that don't go according to our plans, God, that we would hold them open-handed and say, Jesus, I need you to come into this situation. I need you to bring hope into this situation And I'm going to trust you on your promises. God, I pray that we would be a church that leans there. And our hope would be found there. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Will you stand as we respond in song?
2: Hope is here this Christmas season, and so may the hope of Christmas surprise you this Christmas season. Thanks for being here today.